It's show 67 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, the industry news and Bruce Nilsson of File Solutions in Lethbridge, Alberta. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What impresses me about this company is not just their dedication to a great product, to great customer service and support, but what's really cool is the focus they have on new development. Not for where you are today, but for where you'll need to be somewhere down the road in your future. You can learn more about them at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, it's that time of year on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer and Blitzen. It's showtime. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included yes. <laughs> record center operators shred and destruction vendors media and electronic vaulters scanners and imaging providers take note this show is for you now here's your host tom adams yep it's me and we are back and we are back in december and we had one show in december and what looks like the month is just hustling towards holiday celebrations only three more shows left this month only three more shows left this year and wow what a year it's been so it's it's really cool we're aiming to make the rest of them great this year but i am very grateful you're here with us today i've got a great show for you today one thing that is always appealing about this industry is the ability to meet interesting people. See, I'm pretty convinced that you don't go into the rim service business unless you've got something that's different than so many other people do. We're, we're not the normal bunch, you know. I have to be honest. We're, we're kind of a unique lot. I, I personally believe we're somewhat special. And so as a result of that, within our industry, we have all these cool stories. And someone that I got to know over the last couple of years, just uh, sort of peripherally, I've had a few email conversations. And today I wanted to have him on the show because he's a great story. I think what's so cool about this industry is not just that we're cool people, but the cool stories that come out of really exploring who these people are. So today we're going to actually meet Bruce Nielsen. Bruce is the founder and owner of File Solutions in Lethbridge, Alberta. Lethbridge is two hours south of Calgary, Alberta, and about an hour north of the Montana border. It's under 100,000 in population, uh, so extremely small market, really small market, actually. And I want to hear his story. He's he's at it. You'll, we'll talk about where he's at, uh, talk about some of the things that are going on with him, but we're going to catch up with him in just a few minutes. Uh, these conversations are important to me because Bruce is one of our industry brothers. I, I love the... Uh, the song Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. And uh, I, I think as members of the rim industry, we share that kind of brotherhood or that bond, uh, that bond between us because we've built these kind of companies. But it's really cool to to talk to people who are in extremely small markets and still in somewhat startup mode uh, because they're often doing things that we might not do, we think differently about. And so I wanted to talk to Bruce today because I think he's got a great story to tell. But... Before we chat with Bruce, as always, I want to get you caught up on the latest industry news. 
Just after the show went live last week, I learned about Cornerstone's latest acquisitions. This included their 19th and 20th acquisition. So the first one was Excel Archives of Sterling, Virginia, and the second was American Records Management of Buffalo, New York. Both very well-run companies, and so really cool that uh, Cornerstone has purchased those. Good for the owners of both of those companies. Uh, the acquisitions move Cornerstone over 10 million cubic feet of records under management. And I think we've we've had Steve Sisney on the show before, but Cornerstone now has a pretty cool story. 10 million cubic feet under storage, 20 acquisitions in 40 months. And they, they actually did a little play up with that with their, their staff members, the 10, 20, 40 deal of some kind. So uh, congratulations to Steve Sisney and the entire crew at Cornerstone on their latest acquisitions and uh, reaching that status. Uh, another big acquisition happened this week. Uh, looks like Freightways, uh, which is a New Zealand company, acquired FileSaver of Sydney, Australia for $6.25 million Australian dollars. Freightways also does business, especially RIM business, under a couple of different brand names, Databank, Archive Security, and ShredX in Australia and New Zealand. And so congratulations to them. Specifically, congrats to Brendan Mullins on the sale. 10 years, was in that business 10 years, and uh, I think that's pretty darn good ROI on a 10-year investment, $6.25 million. So way to go, Brendan, and congrats to Freightways on that acquisition. Hey, O'Neill Software is now doing business in 80 countries with the latest addition in their client base of Central Filing Limited of Paget Bermuda. And uh, as a sponsor of the show, congrats to uh, O'Neill Software for that latest uh, new client to add to 80 countries. Wow, very cool. And finally, Lloyd Williams. Uh, you should know Lloyd. He's uh, from Nottingham in the UK. He owns and runs Shredall and SDS, which is Secure Document services of Nottingham, England. And to me, Lloyd is one of the best marketers in the industry. He's at it again. This week, Lloyd, Lloyd made local headlines with his face and shred truck plastered all over the news. And his point was he was backing Nade's dumpster diving research process, which was carried out by private investigators uh, in the UK in the last number of months. I'm telling you this, this because there's such a cool lesson in it. The lesson is this, use the news that is already happening. So Lloyd Granted, he's on the board of Nade, but uh, he used and leveraged the fact that Nade was doing dumpster diving. It came out in the news and then he got behind it and said it. But frankly, it gets in the news and it puts his truck there and it makes a, a great story. While we are in a boring industry and generally speaking, not a lot of people talk about us when news happens, man, we should be climbing all over that stuff because it's great for our image. It's an opportunity to get ourselves out there when generally speaking, the news doesn't want to cover us that much. So when opportunities like that happen, man, follow Lloyd Williams lead, get out in front of people and let them know that you are part of it. You understand it, that you're integrated in it and that makes a huge difference. Well, that's it for now for the news. If you have news you want to share with me, if you're selling your company or expanding your locations or you're doing something really cool and interesting and you want to share it with the rest of the RIM community, give me a shout. Let me know. Best place to do that is right here on the RIM Pro Report. You can go to rimproreport.com, enter your name in the form, send me an email, whatever it takes. Let me know what's going on. I'd love to hear from you. Hey, I'm going to get Bruce Nielsen on the line and we're going to talk to him. Hang on while I go get him. 
I've got Bruce Nilsson on the line. Uh, Brucey there. Yes, hi, Tom. How you doing? Hey, good to have you on the Rim Pro Report. Well, let's first ask you, what is your company about? Tell me a little bit about File Solutions. Uh, File Solutions, we're small. We're a small city, 95,000 people. Uh, it's uh, me, my two cousins, Jim and Sharon, their husband and wife. Yeah. Uh, Jim was in the record business before in Calgary. And uh, health reasons, personal reasons, he moved back to Lethbridge. We got together and started this company. Uh, we're just shy of 10,000 boxes right now. Still growing, still promoting. Wow. And um, So you're just, you're early, I mean, you're early on in this business. Uh, yeah, we started, um, well, we ran into each other about 2006, 2007, and he threw this idea at me. Yeah. And it took another year or two to kind of come together again. Okay. Kind of a bit of a story behind that. Uh, ran into it at a, at a subway. <laughs> uh, we yeah. just sold the farm. We were farmers. Okay. Mostly into cattle, irrigation. Uh, my grandfather had it, then my dad. Uh, my dad was still alive at the time, and me and my son. And my wife had my daughter on the farm, too. Yeah. He was a combine operator. Okay. And uh, we just sold the farm, and we ran into subway, and Jim was with another accountant. He's an accountant by trade. Yeah. And... They said, hey, here's a guy that just sold this farm. He's got money to go in the record management business. Wow. So you hadn't you hadn't really known about the record management business at that point in time? I didn't even know what record management was. Right. Like, I didn't, and I just, we were having a sub visiting. He's a cousin. Yeah. You know, and family, and he told me about the record management business, and all I had on my mind then was selling the farm, liquidating the assets, what am I going to do, you know, and. So you weren't planning necessarily on on um, packing it in and retiring to uh, you know to the island somewhere. You still were. Well, actually, I was. I was kind of hoping to go to New Zealand. Really? But uh, since my mom and dad were still alive and they were major shareholders, and I was the peon of the company, I really couldn't take the money and run. So, <laughs> well, that's depressing. But now uh, we, uh, me and my son went did a little holiday in New Zealand, but that's about it. Uh, okay. Love the place, but even thought of taking this. Now I'm thinking of taking a record management to New Zealand, but, uh, no, but then back to the story, um, ran into Jim at the subway and they kind of told us, and I kind of walked out of the subway and I kind of thought like, who in the hell would pay money to store boxes on a shelf? Right. You know, I thought this is a bogus business and and left, Yeah. you know, sold the farm and sold the cattle and got everything liquidated and kind of sat around. Then we were sitting around. My son and we found a Yamaha dealership for sale. Kind of pursued that for a little bit, but uh, that kind of got in a bidding war, and another guy just um, outbid us or bought it. Okay. And I ran into Jim again, and he gave me more information on the record management business. I asked a little bit more curious, and then I did some research, and he gave me a lot of uh, internet and like websites to look at and prism documents. Right. And I sold myself on it. Then I thought, hey, this is a great business. Yeah. Like, I undersold it. So um, got back with Jim and talked a little bit more, got some more education. And then I offered him, like, either a consulting fee to help me get started or a partnership. So he took the partner, and away we went. So you're in a, uh, a city uh, called Lethbridge, which is south of Calgary and a little bit north of Montana border, right? Yeah. Two and- hours south of Calgary, an hour north of Montana. Okay. So tell me, uh, you know, you, you decide to set up a records management business in what would 
seemed to me a fairly small center. Um, how did you kind of wrap your head around the opportunity in terms of, of the size of the, the city you were in, the business population? Is there enough business there to really make this thing fly? Um, it's tight. Like, it's tight. It's a struggle. Um, the mindset's not, not like big cities here. Um, but, um, yeah, we're 95. Everything we looked at and read, you know, suggested 250,000 people. Uh, we justified in our mind if we go to all the other small towns, we get the 250. Right. Um, but then we also were the only ones here. Okay. Like, like when they, they look for record management and if they're serious about it, we're the ones they have to go to. So it would seem to me, though, in a if if you were someone in the community, um, and, and I realize you're in the farm community, so space isn't necessarily an issue for you when you run a farm. But you know, businesses tend to one of the things uh, records management has been traditionally sold around is is space and reduction of costs. Um, uh, but it seems to me like in that kind of marketplace, you're going to have to do a lot of education about the enhanced value of what records management is versus just selling a, a box on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we try to do. So how do you, how exactly, you, right. yeah how are you doing that? What what's your what's your process? What what are some of the things you're you're doing to make that a reality? Um, well, that's probably the biggest problem because my limited experience in the record manuals, I have to educate myself first, sell myself. Yeah. Then I have to go out and try to sell a customer. Right. But I just, um, basically, uh, basically service. Um, like we got Iron Mountain up north in Calgary. Yeah. Recall. Uh, they kind of come down here and probably know, do a little bit, but like national is, accounts or like the banks and things yeah, like that. Banks, yeah. The banks. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what we do is we try to deliver every box within an hour or every file. So it's not disrupting their... Not even... So all. those aren't even rush files. Those are... Those are... Every, every request is delivered within an hour. We try, yeah. Like we have like the, the normal... What we do is we advertise 10 o'clock, order by 10, get it, get it shortly after lunch, order by lunch, get it by closing day, anything after three next day. Wow. But what we try to do, everything within an hour. So that's your internal standard where, yeah. where you, you've got an external standard, but that, that obviously uh, makes some impact. So you, you said you're, I mean, you don't have a lot of boxes right now, so what else are you doing? Are you doing scanning, imaging, destruction, all those other peripheral services that are, are typically associated with a RIM service company? Yeah, we do everything. Uh, Jim got us a scanner for free, I think, or next to nothing. I mean, we scoured every little thing we could. Really? Basically a business on a budget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we do. We don't really promote threading. Okay. But, um, we got a couple of shredders we found on uh, Craigslist, bought. So what, like little, little uh, small industrial shredders or big, big, you can dump uh, hundreds of pounds in them? Oh, yeah. They do, what do they, it's, uh, they shred about a box in six minutes. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're good, but we don't promote it. There's uh, two local trucks. Okay. Running around here, and then two trucks from Recall and Iron Mountain come in once a week. So I'm, we're not trying to promote the shredding. Yeah. I don't want to get into a price war, you know, with those guys. Let them have it. Uh, so if our client requests that we do it, but we don't go out and look for a uh, off-site shredding. Right. So are you? Yeah. Are you actually? Um, 
are are you actually attempting to get a specific type of client or recognizing that say iron mountain and recall come into town those kind of larger companies come into town for the national accounts how what's your focus what how are you trying to build the business who are you going after if you have say a target audience uh not really anybody with a box we've got a We'll hit anybody. Um, we got a restaurant that has six boxes. Yeah. And we've got a couple of accounting firms that have two or 3,000 lawyer. But we're not really, not really targeting. We do, when we do our direct mail or advertising, we, we try to, uh, we try to target, you know, find something about a company. Right. And target. we got a, we're a big agriculture base, so most of our clients are agriculture. Okay. Companies, um, food processing, crop science, stuff like that. Okay, so so because that's the nature of the client, or, or that's the nature of the the manufacturing or corporate base in town, that's where you're you're finding you're finding some success there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's the hardest part about what you're doing every day? Where, where do you feel like you hit walls all the time? Uh, the hardest part, um, actually, my learning curve. I think you know, which is getting better every day, is like you know, experience. Yeah. Um. Our marketing, trying to, you know, um, I think that's hard in every business. Yeah. You know, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, but no, I think, yeah, like I said before, I, I'm trying to learn and then uh, trying to re-educate the, the businesses, why they need record management, why they should trust us. Yeah. You know, my family is was big in the cattle business. Uh, okay. And uh, my grandfather, you know, and then my father went down. So the, the Nielsen name was, in the cattle industry was like, you know, was known to be honest and trustworthy. Okay. Well, so basically, I, and I kind of inherited that when I was in the cattle, just, you know, by being my father's son. Right. So I get into this business and I'm thinking I'm just going to walk into <laughs> record management and they're going to say, oh yeah, you're trustworthy. Here's our boxes. And yeah, it doesn't work that way, does it? Didn't work that way at all. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> but you know, you learn quick. Yeah. Well, the thing that I have discovered, because I built our business in a fairly small market as well, and yeah, it, it doesn't just naturally happen because typically what in larger centers you're selling, you're selling cubic foot and the uh, traditionally, I think the world continues to change with the advent of compliance issues that are so, so intense and, and all of the stuff surrounding that. But the, the traditional sell was it's cheaper for us for you to be in our building than for you to be in your own. Uh, and, and that's, you know, you have to educate yourself and your clients very differently. I think in the new reality, because at the end of the day in small markets, traditionally, you know, storing a box in their basement or a, a garage or something doesn't cost them that much. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, we've run into that. Yeah. And the, the new, the new laws and that are, that are coming around about uh, privacy act is really helping us. Yeah. People are getting more and more aware. Yeah. So what do you love about doing this business? It's got to be, got to be the people. Yeah. You know, uh, just, you walk into it, like, we're trying to treat everybody as family. Well, we do treat them as family. Like, we, we know their grandkids. We come in, we chat with them, we get their boxes. Yeah. Um, just the interaction with all the people. They're just like, we've got great clients. Yeah. We just can't beat them. Yeah. And then the other stealth, um, is the, you know, starting something from scratch from nothing. Like our boxes were my three from the farm and Jim's six or seven that he had, and we threw them in and, and the way we went. Yeah. You know, well, that's, it, it's, learn the system. 
Yeah, that's that's pure bootstrapping, right? Right from day one. That's that's a solid way to, to get into it. But it is really cool to build something of value, to build something that you feel really proud of, uh, even if it's 10,000 boxes. And, you know, by the time you get to 20, you're going to feel like, you know, like like amazing things are happening and and lots of stuff comes out of this. So what else are you doing in terms of how does the peripheral effect really support your business at, at 10,000 boxes? That's, that's not, you're not going to be a millionaire yet. No, the industry association, at least from the last round of research said it took to, you know, getting into the hundred thousand box range on average across the, across the entire association to really start seeing positive uh, gains from this. I realize many companies I've talked to in small markets, it doesn't even take close to 100,000 boxes to start making nice profits in it. But you're still at a point where it's a struggle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, our overhead is really low. That's right. one thing about Lethbridge. I mean, we're our square footage on our, our rental places. Now, like next to nothing. We're, we started off like in a 10 by 25 storage unit. Yeah. You know, racked that. And as we grew, we just kept getting more storage units. And then, you know, finally we moved out, moved out in uh, two Januarys ago, cold winter moved or six or eight thousand walk out we had. Oh, okay. Got into a warehouse and Wow. So our you know our overhead is low. So, yeah. You know, we did turn around. Like we are starting to pull a small profit this about a couple of months ago. So oh way to go. That is yeah. great news. Yeah, yeah. So every now every box, every customer we get is goes into our pocket or or into the black anyways. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a great place to be, to, to yeah. turn that, that slight corner. I know at, at that, at that size, you're still not making, uh, you're, you're not putting a lot of money away, but you're, you're turning the corner, which is yeah. a great place to live. So yeah, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So I, I was digging a little bit into y- your profile and your business. And, and I, I kind of discovered off on the side that you, you also do something in the um, with some file company, so you're se- re- are you reselling uh, filing systems or something? Uh, yeah, ProSource. Okay. Uh, company out of Edmonton, they manufacture here in Canada. They do high-density filing systems, static files, uh, built right here in Edmonton. And uh, they contacted us. So we're selling them. We're selling their their high-density now. And, oh, so... Uh, barcode, so- color barcode. So you're selling those. So when you're not necessarily taking a box out, you also have the ability to sell into them with other uh, products or services. Yeah. So now we can go into an office and give them a full retention schedule. They can store their active files. Right. You know, free up some office space that way. Plus, we can offer them the point of bringing their boxes into into our storage when they're inactive. Yeah. Kind of goes against record storage a little bit. I mean, we're kind of maybe taking a customer away or making them smaller but i think that's to me one of the big differences in in small market thinking versus large market thinking is in large market you really are after the boxes or the shredding or after the files um or the scanning or whatever it is you're doing in small market what i've discovered is there tends to be a whole lot of focus on what other services what other products what other things can we offer and you bring sort of a a, I feel like a different approach to the business. So that sounds to me like what you're doing with this profile thing. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. And are you doing another, another stream of revenue coming into our business? Yeah. And, and is it actually uh, providing good value to you? Uh, We just started 
And um, after we get done with this interview, I'm going down with my first quote to a customer. Oh, are you? Good for so, you. Yeah, that's what we'll find out. Yeah, we finally, uh, it's an existing customer I have that's stored with us, and we're going to hopefully renovate their office with a little bit more efficient inside their office. So Yeah. We'll find out uh, later on, well, probably later on this week. I don't think they'll make a decision in one, one hour, but yeah. we'll find out. So, question, how is running a true startup in the records management business different from being a farmer? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a dirty question. I was going to, I was going to, I thought you were going to say, what's the same? Oh. Uh, different. <laughs> well, well, what's the same? Tell, tell me first oh. what's the same. What, what do you feel like, what skills that you learned as a, far, as a farmer, uh, growing up on the farm, being part of a family farm business, uh, what skills are you bringing from that into the records management business that you think are helping you? Uh, probably the worth ethic for sure. Um, in terms of you, you get up at the crack of dawn and you work till till darkness and... Yeah, uh, you do what the job has. Like you come, you know, it's different work, I guess, because now I'm more computer, more, you know, not as labor intensive. Well, didn't say labor intensive. Hiking boxes around isn't uh, the easiest thing. But uh, no, you know, we'll come home, do the day-to-day operations, come home, sit in front of the computer, and I'll work on marketing at the night. Right. Um, I don't know. Ah, the same, same and different. It's an interesting perspective because I, I've never met anyone in this entire industry who basically came from a farm business into the rim business, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because I think it's a wonderful story. It's just such a, a dramatic shift. I've had people who have researched the business based on the, you know, they came from Wall Street and there's people who came from warehousing and self-storage and moving and storage and you name all those other peripheral services. Even the, sh- the shredding industry has jumped into the record storage industry. Uh, but someone who sort of left, leaves the farm and goes into record storage is a wonderful, interesting story. And I, I'm having grown up on the farm myself, I see lots of interesting parallels there, which are, you know, essential in building a records and information management business from scratch. It's, you know, you got to plant seeds and those seeds take a long time to, to, to come to harvest. And it sounds yeah, like, you know, the, the seeds are just sprouting right now. So yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. It, it's pretty well the same that way. Um, you know, uh, we, that's one thing like we're, or we're moving boxes or stuff. Like when we were moving warehouses, we took every slave labor, free, cheap labor we can get from family and friends. <laughs> you know, and I had a few. Nice thing about having three daughters, when the boyfriends want to impress the father, they come and work for free. And well, so now I got a lot of that out of them. Now that's a good way to do it. But on the other hand, at the end of January, when the, when we moved, did that move, it took us a month. Hardly anybody would talk to me after that day. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, there is a parallel. I think I got it from my father because, I mean, he was, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. Like he was, he got into the Semmental cattle when they first started, went over to Europe, brought them back, uh, started a feedlot. You know, um, I was, I think, eight or nine when he started the feedlot. And back then, uh, it was the largest feedlot in Canada that we were running. Really? Yeah. You know, and I think, um, and he and mom and dad were still alive when we started this. And I had them. Like I was asking their information right from day one. What do you think? And yeah, you know, like because we were taking the family farm money and investing in this. So, you know, dad and mom didn't want to be shareholders in the file solutions, right? You know, but they did. 
did lend the money, you know, as a liability against to get us going. Right. That must have been a hard thing for you to do too, which is to sell the family farm. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I was, well, no, my son would have been fifth generation. Wow. Um, it was, it was just time. The time was, time was on the wall. Was it? Like yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just, it was getting a struggle. I, I respect farmers, but boy, is it, I don't know what it's like in California, but up here it's, it's a struggle. Hmm. I mean, my sense is it, it's it's become a struggle no matter where you are in the yeah. in the country in terms of farming. It's it's a tough it's a tough business to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very uh, very cost. I mean, you've got a lot of assets. Um, you know, a lot of time you're putting um, everything. You're risking everything on the weather. Yeah. No, I really uh, for the farmers that are sticking it out. You know, they got a lot of my respect. I yeah. just it's just a tough. Tough struggle. We were going to get bigger, but then uh, I talked to my son, and he wasn't interested in taking the farm over. Yeah. Well, and those, those are those are hard decisions to make. But I guess for me, in talking to you, one of the interesting that 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 whole farming background to me is such a indicator of the kind of of style you're going to have in building this business you're in, and. Uh, I, I want to congratulate you on turning the corner from from being uh, in the red all the time to actually seeing some profits starting to happen, and I, I know that the the days and years ahead are con- going to continue to be a struggle. You're you're not sort of banking on the weather or betting on the weather. You're you're betting on on the ability to you know to get people to really realize that that you have something that they need and is a value to them. So. I, I wish you significant success going forward. Hey, I, I like to ask some people questions that are, are just sort of uh, personal. Uh, we've talked enough personally here today, but I, you know, throwing in a couple extra ones. So if you have a day to do anything you want now, you sounds like you've already been to New Zealand, but if you could do anything, you didn't have to run your business. You didn't have to, you know, hang out with the, the potential son-in-laws or boyfriends uh, and you could do anything you want. What do, what do you do for a day just to kind of... Actually, I go into my garage. Well, I used to have a... On the farm, we had a great garage. I, mean, I go into my garage. I kept a few tools and uh, I got an old antique BMW motorcycle I work on. Oh, cool. Go for a ride. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you're mind. you're in the garage list, uh, working on your, your, uh, your BMW motorcycle and you can only have one CD playing on the stereo or the... the the little boom box in your garage, what CD is playing? Oh, uh, you're a Mozart. Fa- who? Mozart. Mozart? Yeah. Wow. So uh, you're a classical uh, uh, mechanic. Uh, I guess you could call it. Not really. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I got different moods for music and different things. Um, right, I but... Throw, I'm basically a 70s guy. I'm... I know a lot of hard rock, Kiss rock. Um, wow, you know, like Dire Straits, yeah, the Black Sabbath. Oh my goodness! But uh, here I was I thinking, know. you know, south of Calgary, you'd be a, a country boy, but you know what? That's the only music I don't like. Really? Well, wow. other than Waylon and Willie, but that just ages me. Right, Waylon and Willie, very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Bruce, it's been a real pleasure uh, chatting with you, learning about your story, and I'm sure anyone who's listening who has started up in the way you are wishes you the best of success. Uh, continued continued um, growth. I, I hope you get to 20,000 and then 40 and then 60 and then 100 and uh, 
you know, really great things will happen as a result. So thanks for being a part of the show today. I really appreciate yeah, it. No, thanks, Tom. Thanks for everything. Really appreciate this. All right. Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was great. Thanks to Bruce Nielsen. I, I Like I said at the start of the show, I love cool stories, and I love people who are just willing to put it all on the line, and I am excited for Bruce. Uh, at the same time, man, it's it's tough sledding when you've, you've got to make it happen, and uh, congratulations on someone who's willing to take a huge risk and a chance moving out of the farming business and moving into the rim business. What a great story. Love it. And uh, congratulations to Bruce on making something happen in Lethbridge, Alberta. And thank you to you too for being part of the show today. Thanks for taking the time to share with us. I hope as you prepare for the holidays this next couple of weeks, you are probably in, involved in holiday celebrations of one kind or another. I hope those are enjoyable, meaningful, and I hope as you prepare for this holiday season uh, that you have felt good about the year that you're leaving and preparing for the year that's to come. Let me remind you that this show is sponsored by O'Neill Software. They're celebrating 30 years this year of a commitment to lead to this industry. Get this, their software is installed in over a thousand record centers, and as I mentioned earlier, in more than 80 countries. Well, officially 80 as of this week, ranging from startups to multinationals. If you're looking for software for your room business, no matter where you are, no matter what size you are, check them out at O'Neillsoft.com. Well, that's it for now. We'll be back next week with another show for you. Have a great week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com, where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.